This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. Murray quarterback run to the left. He's at the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou and three-time Pro Bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Well, it is a game week edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kyle, we have not been able to say that since January. Okay, it's preseason, but it's still a game as you get into week three uh, training camp. I'm beginning to feel like a lot of the players just need to see a different color uniform and something else to kind of base our evaluations and discussions on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For a couple of reasons. One, we saw... Another little, I don't know if you call it a fight, but uh, some disagreements. Yeah, disagreement on the field today. So um, you do get sick of going against your own guys every day. Um, And again, like you said, I'm sure the players are looking forward to playing against other people. Uh, You, I, everybody else, every Cardinals fan is looking forward to seeing our guys compete against another team. Um, Regardless of how you feel about preseason games and um, the players that are being held out, um, I'm really intrigued about some of these younger players to see because I'm I'm seeing flashes from guys out on the football field in practice. I'm I'm excited to see whether that can carry over to a game-type atmosphere. Yeah, it's one thing to do it in practice in front of very few fans, if any, and then another thing when the lights are turned on and you have a full stadium and all of a sudden it's not something that you're trying to think you just want to be able to react and how does that carry over so this is the next part of the evaluation friday coming up on 4 30 in the afternoon on friday cardinals at the cincinnati Bengals. pregame coverage begins at 12 30 on the arizona cardinals radio network but you referenced tuesday's practice full pads which is always good to see but once again a two-minute drill i wouldn't say wasted but not completed because well, things got a little heated between the offensive and defensive lines. It's always the two-minute drill, always. <laughs> I mean, that was my experience, too. We went through about two weeks of training camp one year, and we could never finish the two-minute drill. I think it's, a, it's always at the end of practice. It's always when guys are tired, um, and, and something always happens to set somebody off. But, um, you know, I, I, again, it's not a bad thing. Um, I, I love it. I love to see intensity. I love to see guys going hard. Um, you, you know, it, it would be concerning to me. I'm sure coaches probably would be fine with it, but it'd be concerning to me if we didn't see that type of intensity out there on the practice field. So it's it's good to see. Um, it's, you know, I believe it's healthy for a football team. So, um, it, you know, I like the mentality of this team. I like what I'm seeing out on the practice field. And it stays on that football field. In fact, once the players get to the sideline, it's it's done and it's over and you move on to the next thing. You look at what else we saw on Tuesday, Kyler Murray doing a little bit more throwing. We have not seen him throw much since coming off the COVID-19 list, so that was good to see Hollywood Brown in full pads going through drills and doing even a little bit of 11-on-11. But everyone wants to know about Kyler Murray. Here is head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We'll ease him back in uh, this week and hopefully 
by the end of the week, uh, he'll feel good enough to cut it loose and, and um, keep it rolling. But we, we want to be smart. Kingsbury also brought up the fact that why we haven't seen Kyler throw a bunch is because of a wrist that was actually bothering him before he got COVID-19. And the other item from head coach Cliff Kingsbury, we're not going to see Kyler in the preseason, if at all. And I'll be, I'll raise my hand and say, I'm okay with that, Kyle, because it doesn't matter to me. Now, a year ago at this time, I thought he needed to play. But then we saw the 7-0 start, 10-2, and MVP conversation. If Kyler Murray doesn't play in the preseason, I'm okay. Yeah, it's not surprising. I think it's it's pretty much expected, um, and it's not atypical. I mean, you won't see uh, most starting quarterbacks in the preseason um, much, or if at all. Um, and, it, you know, as far as working him back slowly, as far as him not getting in the preseason, um, you know, we've talked about this many times. He's the most important player on this team. He is your biggest asset. Um, you've got to be smart. I mean, I, I'm sure – Kyler would love to be out there. I'm sure Coach Kingsbury would love to have him out there. Um, but if he's got something that's bothering him, if he's got a nagging injury, now is the time to take care of it. Make sure he's right um, because it would be stupid to push through something and make it worse at this point. Um, we need him for that game one against Kansas City. Now, on the flip side, obviously you're not getting in a lot of work here in training camp. I mean, he was available week one. Week two, he was not. And now here we are week three, and he's – working his way back, throwing the football, not doing a whole heck of a lot. 11 on 11, we saw him once again with the headset calling in plays during that two-minute drill. We're not going to see Kyler Murray probably, if at all, on Friday. Trace McSorley will get the start. Colt McCoy has been dealing with some arm soreness, so he is resting. So is there an issue as far as chemistry, quarterback pass catchers we talked about that whether that's hollywood brown whether that's deandre hopkins aj green getting that work on the field here in training camp that's that really hasn't happened as of yet yeah not only has it not it, to me it's concerning uh you know it's not like lose sleep type of concern at this point but if this lingers on and we get further into camp it really does become a concern i mean um you talked about chemistry with receivers um kyler's going to be working without deandre hopkins for six weeks so um you know the timing needs to be there um he needs to get the work with some of these new play new players that are going to be you know relied upon especially early in the season without deandre hopkins um, you know, also, we talked a lot about last year, the chemistry between the quarterback and center. And, you know, through no fault of Kyler or Rodney Hudson, but they he hasn't taken a snap from Rodney Hudson since the last regular season game. Um, so, it, it, you know, you would love to at some point get the offense out there all working together. You know, we've we talked so much about the weapons we have and the playmakers we have but they have to get that work together. And, you know, it would be one thing um, just because of the circumstances. Um, had Kyler got all that work in OTAs, it wouldn't be such a big deal at this point. Um, but it really um, didn't get that chemistry developing throughout the summer much either with only the one mandatory minicamp. You're trying to balance making sure everyone is healthy and fresh for week one, yet at the same time get those reps. It doesn't have to be in the preseason. In fact, I'd rather it not be in the preseason, but here in training camp, OTAs, minicamp, you brought up Rodney Hudson. He has not been on the practice field. I know they're really being cautious with him. He's dealing with a knee issue in addition to kind of 
probably getting back into game shape after missing all of the offseason. So it's that fine balance as a head coach, and I understand the angst amongst the fan base. I'll, I'll include myself in that as well because you want to be as close to, I wouldn't say perfect, but you don't want to use week one if you're that starting lineup as in a, like the fifth or fourth preseason game. Right. You want to have those wrinkles ironed out before you get the Kansas City Chiefs here at State Farm Stadium. Right, and it's, you know, when you're in an NFL team, everybody's got to be a part of that conversation. It's got to be Kyler. It's got to be Rodney Hudson. It's got to be Hollywood Brown dealing with their injuries. It's got to be the coaching staff. You know, here's what we need. Here's the reps we need. We need to get some reps. It's also got to come from the from the trainers. You know, is this guy ready? What does he look like? What are our risks if we roll him out there today for practice? Um, so, you know, there is some injuries. There's some things you can push through. You know, when you, you've got a quarterback, you, you know, let's put the COVID issue aside, but dealing with a wrist, you need to take care of that now. I mean, you look at uh, what the Rams are dealing with, and Matthew Stafford pushed through an elbow injury last year. He had surgery, and he's still dealing with it in training camp. And, um, you know, you don't want something like that going into the season because it's not going to go away. You don't have an opportunity to take time off during the season. Never want to see a player miss time. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury on whether he is concerned with as much time Kyler has missed. If, if he hadn't been in the same system for the number of years, I, I would be a bit more concerned. Anytime um, you're trying to build your offense and, and build camaraderie and, and get the timing down, you'd love for him to be out there, but everybody deals with something like this, and um, we've kept him locked in mentally, and he'll continue to do that. I'll say this, he is right there next to the quarterbacks, and as I mentioned, calling plays, especially in those two-minute situations. So Kyler Murray dealing with a wrist, Colt McCoy, some arm soreness, Trace McSorley will get the starts on Friday. You're going to see a lot of Jared Garantano as well, the quarterback that they signed after rookie minicamp. So those are your two main quarterbacks, probably Friday against the Bengals. We'll see what happens with the nationally televised game in the Baltimore Ravens. Could that be enticing enough for Kyler Murray to say, hey, I want at least a series, national TV, and don't forget, Kyle, those that night we're going to get the alternate black helmets as well. And you know how much players like looking good on national TV. Yeah, I think it's a a definite possibility. I mean, um, you know, in the end, um, it's an entertainment business and it's an opportunity on primetime. You don't want to turn fans off by a preseason game that's on primetime. You want to put on a good show for the fans, for the people who aren't in our market that don't know about the Cardinals. You know, you get this opportunity with a national audience to kind of show where you're at. Um, you know, obviously it's, again, it's not going to be like a regular season game, but it would, would be nice for at least a, a series to get, you know, a lot of our players that, that we're counting on the regular season out there and just kind of show the fans around the country um, you know, what we have and get that level of respect uh, early in the season. When the starters aren't playing, well, that certainly opens up the door for a lot of the young talents. And when we come back, three pieces of that defensive talent, specifically the outside linebackers. The Cardinals drafted three of them back in April, and our first look at them will come Friday against the Cincinnati Bengals will be joined by outside linebackers coach Charlie Bullen as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 
Episode 35 of the Dave Pash Podcast featuring Cardinals assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers. Available right now to catch up on past episodes. Follow the Dave Pash Podcast via preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. Want to know more about Cameron Thomas, my Jay Sanders, Jesse Lucchetta? Stay tuned. Charlie Bullen joins us on the other side here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Garoppolo, three-step drop. Steps up, gets hit, and sacked back at about the 13-yard line by Marcus Golden. When you need a play, 44 is there. Start barking. <laughs> Give the Robinson running right. Met by Kennard, who got off a block and stuffed the play. Hands it off. Nowhere to run between the tackles. Devon Kennard back to throw Flacco. Sacked by Gardek. Oh, my goodness. What a move by Dennis Gardek, the barbarian. Flacco in the pocket, going to get hit and sacked. Dennis Gardak got him again. Dennis Gardak got up and did a little barbarian dance around the fire. Well, the Cardinals are going to need all three of those. Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, and Dennis Gardak rush the quarterback by committee as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Riolu and Kyle Vandenbosch. And pleased to be joined here by outside linebackers coach Charlie Bullen. Your fourth season, third as the outside linebackers coach. And let's not waste any time, Charlie. Let's just dive right in. The question that we have, and when I say we, fans, media, is about the pass rush. Do you have the same questions that we have as far as where this pass rush is going to come from this season? Of course. I mean, you know, obviously the reason I have that question is you lost a great player, franchise sack leader in Chandler Jones, and there's there's never a guarantee replacing anybody, but especially a player like that. So the question is absolutely valid, and, um, you know, we're going to need guys to step up. The good news you know, for us as a team and, you know, for me as a coach is I feel good about the guys we have um, who are going to have an opportunity to, you know, step up and fill that role, you know, and <clears throat> the veterans, you know, Marcus, obviously, but Devon Kennard and Dennis, you know, those guys will lead the way and they've, they've had a strong start to camp. Uh, Dennis looks really good. You know, last year he was coming off the injury and he missed training camp, you know, and it's hard to get your feel and your timing in, in season, which is what he had to do last year. And uh, so now getting this training camp work has been great for him. You know, and then after that, we've got some promising young players. Victor Dimakaji in year two, he's, he looks good. And then uh, the rookies, um, Cam, Maje, and Jesse. Um, you know, and they, they got a lot, of, a lot of promise, some good traits, some good characteristics. You know, so we'll see how those develop. But they at least fit right in with the culture of the room, which started, you know, years ago with, you know, Chandler, Hassan, Marcus, you know, Dennis and – DK, these young guys have that mentality from a uh, toughness and work ethic standpoint. So we always feel like if you have those two things, your traits have a chance to develop. Yeah, I think me personally and a, a lot of people on the outside are real intrigued by these younger players and, and what they could potentially add. Um, it, you know, can you tell me a little bit about each one, um, what you see? in their game, how they potentially rush the quarterback, maybe a comp or a, a player that you can see them envision being, um, and, and whether, you know, any of these younger players that you have are really starting to separate themselves and, and flash here in practice. Yeah, you know, starting with Cam, <clears throat> I'll go in draft order here. 
uh, starting with Cam. He, he, we really haven't had a comp like him since I've been here, but he has a good combination of size, strength, and quick twitch. Um, you know, not quite the flexibility maybe to bend on edges like some of the smaller guys who can rush the passer, but he has that, that you know, unique combination. So um, that's Cam. Maje is longer and leaner than Cam. Cam's up around 260. Maje's mid-240s, low-240s, depending on the, the, the training camp load that day. So he's he has length, quickness, and flexibility. He can bend on the edge. You know, his thing will be, can he win with power? And I always say, you have to be able to win with power in this league to win consistently. If you're a one-trick pony off the edge, the tackles can set for that play to it and just run you by. So you have to be able to win with power. It doesn't have to be old-school bull rush hat and hands. I'm stronger than you. But, you know, for someone like Maje, the hope and thought is that he wins with speed on the edge, gets him to lean, and now he can, with angles and leverage and timing, can work some push-by power as opposed to just raw strength power. So that's kind of his skill set. Then Jesse Lucchetta is just an absolute bowling ball, naturally strong, power-based rusher. And he's come out of camp rushing with power, which has been nice. And now his thing is now that he's getting the tackles to set for that, that'll open up some of his, uh, his, his edge work. And Jesse played inside linebacker predominantly in college, so he's still kind of feeling his way out, but he definitely has the traits to develop. We had a chance to hear from IJ on Monday, and he mentioned him and Cameron Thomas being lined up next to each other on the field at the same time. Quote, that package is nasty. <laughs> then he continued, we run it, and I'm not going to say too much. He stopped himself, which is probably the good thing. But what do you like about those two next to each other and the real the, the difference that they bring as far as skill set? Well, the, the, the beauty of that is, um, you know, you have two – you have two edge guys aligned on the same side and we can that that's the beauty of the the personnel we have the packages we have with vance nothing's out of question we can get to a lot of different looks i mean that's what one of vance's calling cards as a coordinator we have a lot of multiple fronts so in the in the, in the situations where cam and maji are together you have two edge guys who have edge ability so they don't know which one's going to stay out they got to set for speed but Cam also has experience rushing on the inside, so he can end up working inside from that edge alignment. You know, now you got two guys relatively lined up in the same area attacking from different angles, so it presents some problems for the offensive line and their set angles and that type of thing. And, you know, if Cam ends up being the guy rushing inside, he has experience doing that, and he, he, he's done a nice job in camp already with those interior rushes. So, I mean, you – you were with Vance in Miami. Uh, I'm just curious about how this the process um, game day goes. Um, are you uh, when we see you guys twisting and stunting? Is that a part of a blitz package, or do you have freedom um, up at the line of scrimmage to study protections and dictate what type of twists and stunts you're running based upon what you see on a given play? Do you just have a rush call where you guys can dictate what you do, or is everything? coordinated with the guys on the back end and, and how you do your stunts. Yeah, we uh, it, it both, they can be parts of pressures from Vance. You know, if the whole call is a pressure, they got to run a certain pattern, that's locked in. In terms of the rush stunts, you know, that that is both as well. They, they have the freedom out there to call things that they've worked and repped and they anticipate. We also have the ability to call some things in from the sideline. If me and, you know, Matt Burke, our D-line coach, if we're seeing something protection-wise, we have the ability to relay that in and, and, and adjust um, if needed. But I'm always I'm always for 
they call it on the field. I mean, they're out right. there, you know, they're, they're veterans, you know, and you know, Kyle, once you get into a rhythm with one of your teammates, that's, that's better than anything. So that's the hope is that they can eventually get to that, you know, and not need much from the sideline. Yeah, exactly. We're on board here. Charlie Bullen, outside linebackers coach here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. You brought up Dennis Gardeck initially, and we all point to 2020 when he had those seven sacks. Last season, a down year, but that was still coming off the ACL injury. He's looked very, very quick in drills and even on 11-on-11 out here at training camp. How much was 2020 an anomaly? How much was it, well, now we found something in a special teams demon that was an inside linebacker. Let's try him outside, and maybe we can rediscover what he was able to do in 2020. Yeah, I don't think 2020 was an anomaly at all. I mean, when you evaluate the traits and how he won, I mean, you can't do that unless you're a real rusher. I think last year, coming back from the ACL, he had to feel his way through it. That was part of it. And the other thing with, with Chandler and Marcus, you know, he didn't get as many edge rush opportunities as he did the year before. So that's part of it. And, um, you know, so the the other element is the numbers weren't what they were. But if you look at him as a rusher and what he did on the interior, running games and that type of thing, he was he was productive. He did his job at a high level and disrupted inside, opened up lanes for other rushers. And so if you look at that as the, as the benchmark, he was productive last year, you know, on his own in the one-on-one situations. You know, he was probably just feeling his way back from the injury. The other player, Kennard, has really been more of the set-the-edge kind of guy. Will he be more rushing like he was with the Lions? He just didn't seem to have really been able to kind of fit in with that pass rush, at least recently. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a testament to the the people in the room. There's been some high-level players in there, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, DK can rush. He's he's produced in his career, and he still can produce. So um, he, he will have a chance to be out there more as a rusher. Yeah, so I'm curious about how, like, your meeting rooms go. Um, uh, it, what's really impressive to me is over the last two years, outside linebackers have accounted for 50 sacks, and you've had three different players at outside linebacker that have had double-digit sacks in the last two years. Um, do you, at the start of the season, like now, do you talk about your goals both as an individual? Here's where I see you. Here's what I want you to shoot for. Here's what our group should get. Um, or do you just kind of take it as it comes? We, uh, we, we talk about goals as a group, not necessarily numbers or achievements, but more um, our culture and style of play. You know, we, we do know what the numbers have been. And we just feel like if we continue to play the way that we play and the guys that have gone before them, uh, you know, the standard they set, if the next guys come up and continue to build on that culture, then those numbers numbers will come. Affecting the quarterback with the rush obviously could help the back end as well. How much are you – I mean, you're all working together, but looking at, all right, if we can get to that quarterback quicker – then they've got less time to look and obviously the guys have less time to cover the wide receivers out there and you kind of work in tandem I don't know if it's like the chicken or the egg what comes first you need good pass rush or good secondary yeah for sure they work hand in hand there's a couple couple one-liners on that you know the 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 cornerstones of a 3-4 defense are rushers and corners you know every good 3-4 over the history of the game has had both of those and then we like to say it's a rush between the uh, pass rush and coverage. Can we get home before their coverage breaks down? And they cover? can they cover long enough to let us get home? So we definitely um, operate accordingly, knowing that that's how they work 
together. And the the passing game at the end of the day is all about timing. So a good rush, a good coverage is not always an inter- resulting in an interception or sack. Is did we disrupt the timing? And and so our our goal as a, as a rush unit is we got to do that. If it results in a sack, great. But we can move the quarterback off the spot, get him to re, re, you know reset in the pocket or or take his eyes off his primary read, that type of thing. So for sure, they work together. So we've talked a large degree about sacks, and I, I can talk about rushing the quarterback all day. But um, it, you know, one of the things that kept popping up last year was just some of the the holes in the run defense. And um, are, is there certain things that you're doing adjustment wise, alignment wise, scheme wise, to account for that? I mean, the outside linebackers are a huge part of that, setting a hard edge in the run game, um, being a part of that front. Um, is is there certain things that you're doing in camp this year a little bit different to emphasize? Um, stopping the run, putting teams in second and, and third and long to give yourself an opportunity to rush the quarterback? I would say, you know, technique-wise, I think, you know, it's a continuation of training the techniques that we've, we've trained, you know, for a long time. But we have put an emphasis on just hearing the call, getting the call, and executing at, at all levels, veterans on down. You know, and sometimes – younger players who had to play last year, you know, as they're getting a feel for the scheme and that type of thing, some of the looks that they see or reactionary elements of the game that they're exposed to can be a lot, you know, for them. So I think some of that was, you know, just younger guys working through it. But, you know, we, we just feel like if we keep pushing, you know, with, with more time on task, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Having fun out there? Of course. It's a great time of year. It's all ball all the time. <laughs> Charlie, we appreciate it. We could keep you for uh, the entire hour here or the rest of the hour here, but I know you got a lot of work to do, but uh, we appreciate Sir. a couple of minutes. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Charlie Bowen, outside linebackers coach for your Arizona Cardinals. When we come back, more from Cardinals training camp powered by Cox here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Jay Watt in the backfield with the takedown. Penetration on the backside. That is J.J. Watt, baby. Tip incomplete. It was tip, and it was J.J. Watt who got it. And the Cardinals stop him on fourth down again. I think I'm always on, but he is always on. Like, I've never seen that guy not be dialed in, intense, locked in, know the right thing to say go as hard as he can go it's like i don't know some superhuman type qualities that he's got just need to make sure jj watt is on the field for all 17 games this season that's the key as we walk me back here to the cardinals red sea report presented by seeky get your seat nac craig realu and kyle vandenbosch special thanks by the way to outside linebackers coach charlie bullen for joining us here and giving us a couple of minutes of his time specifically to talk about those young players cameron thomas my jay sanders and jesse Luqueta. Looking forward to seeing those guys in action on Friday. We will not see J.J. Watt in action on Friday. I haven't been told anything, Kyle, but I'm not expecting to see number 99 on the football field. I'd much rather see him week one because, let's not forget, he was only on the field for seven games. They won all seven last year. Didn't have the stats, but teams have to account for number 99 even at his age where he is as far as experience because he can still make things difficult for offenses yeah there's no question um he is you know at least in my lifetime he's on the mount rushmore of defense alignment i mean he 
Um, he's done some amazing things throughout his career. And, you know, going into a season healthy, you still expect that type of production from him. I mean, you talked about how because of the shoulder injury and, you know, his remarkable comeback to make it back for the playoff game, um, he only played seven games. But even prior to that, he was dealing with an injury in training camp, and it took him some time, I mean, to, to get his legs back, to get a feel for the game. And you could really see prior to that shoulder injury, he was really starting to make a bigger impact on games and getting back to his old form. Um, so it, it's important. I mean, you see it out here in training camp. You see him doing some of the things that only J.J. Watt can do. So a lot like we talked about with Kyler, um, you know, it, it's vitally important that he enters that first regular season game feeling good, feeling healthy, and ready to be the J.J. Watt that we all hope he can be. And it's been fun watching Watt during 11-on-11 because from field level you can see him go one-on-one against Kelvin Beecham or then sometimes if there's an outside linebacker to Watt's left – Beecham takes the outside linebacker, and all of a sudden, Watt is moving inside against Will Hernandez. And we know earlier in training camp, number 76 and number 99, mixed it up a little bit. But those are valuable reps. I don't know if it's 100% full speed, but certainly getting that body ready for week one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the things that he can do that other people can't do, he can rush from anywhere across the offensive line. And we had talked about this before. Um, you know, he, he can rush as a defensive end as good as any defensive end in the league. He can rush from a three technique as good as anybody. He can line up head up on a center. I mean, he can do just about anything and take advantage of matchups. And you talked about how teams need to account for him um, or they're going to be in trouble. Well, you don't know where he's going to be. I mean, you can draw up stuff on the blackboard. You can talk about stuff on the sideline and anticipate, okay, we need to slide our protection this way because this is where he's been lining up. And then he comes out the next series and he's lined up someplace completely different. Um, players like that, um, you know, with that type of versatility, you can do a lot of different things with. This is Watt's 12th season. His teammate, Zach Allen, entering his fourth season. It is a contract year. You can talk about health with Zach Allen as well. Did not miss a game last season due to injury for the first time in his career. But that second half of the season, those last handful of games, he was playing on a bad ankle. In fact, he underwent off-season ankle surgery. But now Zach Allen says he is about as good as he's felt ever. But looking back at last season, just how bad was that ankle? After playing a game, I, I legitimately couldn't walk on Monday, you know, so I would be, you know, my girlfriend would have to help me down the stairs and then, you know, just it, it was kind of a mess, but, you know, just trying to get it ready. And towards the end of the season, I wasn't even practicing, you know, it would be kind of hopefully that Friday practice, at least get some reps in. Now it's it's amazing. And I just I feel like an athlete again. You know, last year it was kind of like the fact that I was able to kind of do what I did with it was, you know, obviously gave me some confidence about, you know, playing this league. And that's why I'm so excited about this year. You know, knock on wood, stay healthy and just show what I could do with all this progress. Zach Allen earlier on the Big Red Rage, he also, when he addressed the media, Kyle talked about tape basically holding his ankle together. It was bone on bone. Not much ligaments there, yet he still was very productive. And I can only imagine looking across the table at you as far as how many times maybe that happened in your career where you you play every single snap that your number is called upon. You're there every single Sunday, yet it's going to take you until 
Thursday, Friday of the following week to get ready for that week's game. Yeah, I think it's one of the things the average fan doesn't completely understand. Um, You know, there's plenty of people sitting at home saying, hey, I could do that, I could do that. Um, You couldn't. I mean, players will recover, or not fully recover, but they will play through an injury that it might take the normal person – you know, four months, six months to recover from. It's just part of the game. It's what you do. And, um, you know, and a lot of that, those stories go untold. And talking specifically about Zach Allen, you talked about, you know, he dealt with the ankle last year. He dealt with the neck the year before. You know, this, like you talked about, he's entering a contract year. He has never really been fully healthy. And, you know, getting him fully healthy because we've seen flashes. We've seen him make big plays. We've seen him be consistent for a game or maybe back-to-back games, but we haven't seen that through his career here with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Again, just drawing on my experience, you know, I blew out both my knees my first four years in the league, and I was not a good player. I was just a guy. But once I got healthy, um, you know, that's when my career took off. And I can kind of see that with him. You see him have that spring in his step. You see him being explosive. Um, today at practice, I saw him run down a screen 30 yards down the field. Those are the types of things you can do when you feel good. And so, you know, I really expect a big jump for him. I expect that consistent play. I expect those flash plays. And, you know, we talked about with Coach Burke last week, um, and he was one of the players that came up, you know, for him – this could be his year. He could take that big step because, um, you know, basically playing on one leg, he should be commended for what he did. Um, it doesn't get talked about enough, but for him to feel healthy, I really expect him to um, be a really good player and, and contribute to this defense this year. Zach Allen coming off a career year could potentially Lecky Fotu and or Rashard Lawrence take those jumps as Zach Allen did in his third year. Fotu and Rashard Lawrence, 2024 round draft picks, still kind of waiting for one or both to really have that breakthrough season. For Lawrence, it's just been a question of health. Last season, a calf injury. He missed six games, same injury he dealt with the season before. Lawrence understands what he needs to do to be able to be a consistent player that the Cardinals hoped they drafted. That's the number one thing is just consistency that I'm looking forward to doing this year is just being more consistent. Um, I feel like when I am playing, I am one of the best nose tackles, but if I can just be more consistent and stay healthy, that's the number one thing that's on my mind this year. Consistency is a lot for any young player, Kyle, because you have to be available, one, and then do it not just for one week or every other week, but every time you're on that football field. Yeah, and consistency isn't just – hey, I've been in my gap the entire game. It's about making plays. It's about being an impact-type player. And it's, again, looking back at last week, it's part of the conversation we had with Coach Burke is, um, you know, I see and he sees the big step that this defense can take. I mean, we have all these dynamic players. We have a tremendous safety tandem. We have linebackers that can make plays all over the field. But the biggest step that this defense can take is if we get more of a contribution from the inside guys. And that, you know, again, talking to Coach Bolin, we're talking about, hey, which one of these young guys can step up and, and get hits on the quarterback, get sacks on the quarterback. Uh, nothing kills an offense more than inside pressure and quick inside pressures. I mean, we see that twice a year, last time three times against the Rams. When you have – I mean, obviously, you know, Aaron Donald is not on this roster, but we have guys that have that ability. They're quick. Um, Talking about Rashard Lawrence, I mean, he is an explosive, explosive, 
powerful, compact player. And if he can, you know, get that quick penetration or even put a guard in the quarterback's lap, it affects how offenses are able to operate. Looking at some of those younger players as well, specifically with Friday's preseason game, Michael Dogby, Manny Jones, and undrafted rookie free agents, and just watching some of those defensive line drills and how Coach Burke preaches the quickness as far as being able to be as small as possible as you can work around those defenders or those offensive linemen in front of you. So something to look forward to on Friday. Again, Cardinals at the Bengals, 4.30 kickoff, 12.30 pregame coverage here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And don't forget, the regular season right around the corner. Arizona Cardinals single-game tickets available now. Visit azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. When we come back, we stay in the trenches, the offensive line, and some of those younger players we hope to see flash, play well on Friday. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. job at the point of attack right there. It seemed like D.J. Humphreys got a nice block. D.J. Humphreys pumping his chest and his fist after the Cardinals move the sticks. Yeah, D.J. Humphreys really has been a plus. Has a hole up the middle to the 35-yard line. Huge hole. Great job by D.J. Humphreys at the point. If you had told me this in 2015, that first, you know I mean, that first Ricky minicamp that this was going to be the case eight years later, I probably would have laughed at you. You know what I mean? But being on this side of it, man, it's, it's definitely sweet, man, being able to you know, secure my future here and know that I'll be able to be here. I always wanted to play for one team, so knowing that I'm able to be in that position and continue to keep that dream alive is huge for me. You hear players talk about it all the time, that second contract. Well, how about a second contract extension with the team that drafted you? Tip of the cap to DJ Humphreys for getting that extension. And Kyle, he did it himself. Sat down across the table from general manager Steve Kime and negotiated that deal. He did admit that he probably wouldn't do it again, but at least wanted to go through it once post-playing career to kind of get some business experience. It's impressive. Um, You know, when I was playing, I couldn't even balance my own checkbook. I could only focus on one thing. So for him to to do that, that is impressive. And um, it's good. I mean, he's such a not only good player, such a good locker room guy. He's become one of those vets that the younger players turn to um, and, you know, to have some sort of continuity, you know, there's going to be, you know, not to look too far down the road because we're talking about this season, but there's going to be some changes in this offensive line. I don't know exactly where, but, you know, an infusion of uh, a lot like Coach Bolin was talking about with his room, it's a good mix of vets and young players. That's what we're seeing with the O-line, and there's going to be a bit of a changing of the guard, but you have that stalwart um, at really, you know, other than probably quarterback, um, it's it's for most teams one of the most important positions on the offense, and to have that consistency, have the guy you rely on, and, and honestly, um, you know, he's his play has ascended throughout his career, and he's still in the prime of his career. You can put Humphreys' name in ink when you talk about that starting left tackle spot. In fact, the rest of the projected starting lineup, according to offensive line coach and run game coordinator Sean Kugler, the starting group is just about set. 
you know, I think our starting five's uh, close to being set. There's st still guys battling for spots, but most of the battles are for backup spots and trying to be that uh, seventh or eighth guy on game day and, and then making the active rosters. And again, we got a lot of really good battles at those spots, and I couldn't tell you which one of those guys is going to stand out. It's really going to depend on the preseason games. Well, let's talk about it left to right. you got Humphreys, Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Will Hernandez, and Kelvin Beecham. Those are your projected starting five. The question now that Kugler alluded to is the backups, your draft picks, Marquise Hayes, Lasita Smith. It's two that I'm looking forward to seeing in game action on Friday to see whether they have something that this team can count on. Maybe not this season, Kyle, but down the road because – Aside from Humphreys and Hudson, those are your only two starting offensive linemen that are signed past next season. Yeah, um, that's that's what I'm looking for too. Um, you know, see how these young guys do. Um, I, from what I've seen in practice, um, they're doing a good job. I mean, there's been even today a, a number of times that the quarterback had plenty of time. That they had a clean pocket. Um, so, you know, it seems like, you know, I'll tell you this, getting the opportunity to be on the field level for some of these practices, um, I love just standing by Coach Kugler and see how he works with his players. Um, what a great teacher. Um, he, he does a tremendous job, especially with the development of some of these younger players. While there's a transition to periods throughout practice and sometimes there's special teams and uh, around the league you'll see the offensive linemen all just kind of sit in a group and chat about stuff. They're working nonstop. Any chance they get, Coach Kugler pulls them aside and they're working on either their technique or working on their blocking assignments. So um, it's a tremendous opportunity for these younger players to develop and learn because, like he talked about, the starting lineup is set. Um, and so they don't have to feel this pressure that they're going to be thrown in early, but they have an opportunity to learn not only from the vets, but from one of the best teachers in the NFL. Smith, a three-year starter at Virginia Tech, but playing center for the first time in his career. Hayes, seventh-round draft pick out of Oklahoma, a left guard, and we've seen him get some run with the first team when Justin Pugh has had a vet day or two. So Marquise Hayes and Lasita Smith, keep an eye on. We'll also get a chance to see in game action for the first time wearing a Cardinals uniform, Will Hernandez, quickly becoming my favorite player on this Arizona Cardinals team. And, of course, the reunion with Sean Kugler, his college head coach at UTEP. Here's Will Hernandez on being back with his head coach. He's taught me a lot since I started playing football at the collegiate level. So going back to all that in those UTEP days, a lot of it was coming back and uh, came back pretty quick. And, um, you know, obviously I, I love being coached by him. You know, great coach. Guys love him. And he's made my transition a lot easier. 6'3", 332. He's 26 years old. We expect him to be on the field a little bit on Friday, but here's someone given his age and maybe you find something in him. He's only signed for this season, but that reunion with your college head coach who got you drafted in the first place and now all of a sudden maybe a jump start to your career. I'm excited to see what Will Hernandez can do. Yeah, he's he's physical, um, you know, just, just a tough player. He's smart. Um, and, and, you know, what I love is, again, hearing Coach Kugler say our O-line is set. They, we don't look at that guard position and say, well, there's a couple guys competing. We hope one of them steps up and goes and wins the job because you look around the National Football League, 
there's probably 25 teams that their O-line is not set, that there is question marks at one of those positions, and he solidified that guard spot. Um, so, you know, we can feel good about this offensive line entering the season and not have any question marks about, you know, this guy, he, we're hoping he steps up. He may be a liability. Um, you know, I, I feel good about this offensive line entering, you know, going into Kansas or playing against Kansas City in week one. Again, the preseason opener coming up on Friday. Cardinals at the Bengals. 4.30 is the kickoff. Curious to see who else might emerge as far as some depth in the cornerback room as well. When you have Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton, and Josh Jackson, those are your experienced guys. But can a Christian Matthew, your late-round draft pick, step up? A Nate Brooks or a Jace Whitaker? Curious what happens on Friday Maybe, Kyle, if we don't see it or if the front office doesn't see it, is that a position now all of a sudden that we get that time time sign, which we all anticipated having already happened, but hasn't happened as of yet? Yeah, I think so. Um, it seemed like, you know, it's, it's still an open competition. It's uh, an opportunity for one of these cornerbacks to um, step in and, and win the job, and it, it hasn't happened yet. You know, there still is time, um, but that's what the preseason games are for. You want to see which guys are going to take advantage of the opportunity handed to them, and, and you know, it, it all starts on Friday. 4.30 is the kickoff. 12.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. It's also televised on 12 News. As I mentioned that, you can turn on the television, but turn up the radio and listen to Paul Calvisi and Drew Stanton on the play-by-play. Passion Wolf, they always get they always get the credit. They, they Listen to Calvisi and Stanton on Friday. And then, of course, we'll be back one week from today and actually have a game to discuss. But until then, special thanks to those behind the scenes, senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Zach Larson. For Kyle Vandebosch, I'm Craig Riolu. Preseason right around the corner this Friday right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.